You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Wednesday, baby, this week is flying by. Last day in the 80s, the last day I can wear these, these short daddies. Is this the last It is, man. These shorts have to go away. That's sad because they got really nice legs. I don't know about that. Yes, you do. You see these things every Wednesday you know night. The, the week is going so fast because every every night you text me that you're on the patio drinking Merlot. <laughs> that was Tuesday night. We talked about that. All, yeah, that every was Tuesday. Day, right? Every day. Right I'm there, not out there. I won't be out there tonight. Although I am going to go home and make a nice salmon. You're going to be out there making. No, the it's going to be oven or oh, pan. Oven. Not not outside. Pan seared. Mm-hmm. I think we're having tacos tonight. We are having. Oh. Okay. Why? Why are you blushing? Th- this isn't new. That's news. where you're at. I cohabitate. New news. I, I cohabitate. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good for you, man. I'm happy for you. Yeah. Thank you. Anyways, uh, Arrowhead Pride Radio, uh, Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens with you. It is Wednesday, so we are here for an hour, and then right after us is Alex Gold. He will be in here doing that betting show and giving you his golden locks tonight at I'm 7 I'm not o'clock. trying to out Alex here, but last week he gave me a parlay, and I went over 2. Yeah. You know. So, you know, I'm going to give him another That's a really good thing to do after you tease his show. It's a backhanded comment time. Or, yeah. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Good for you. And I'm going to play whatever he says again tonight. No, you're not. You're not betting tonight. Regression back to the mean. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, scale of 1 to 10, how impressive was uh, Sunday's win in Minnesota? I think it was in a, impressive for certain reasons. I, I think that the Chiefs made some big-time plays. Minnesota's not been taking care of the football this year and, and you're seeing what it's doing to them mm-hmm. uh, and it takes good teams to take advantage of that right so yeah. the Chiefs certainly deserve the win I was most impressed with the efforts of Travis Kelsey you could tell that he was in a, a great deal of pain mm-hmm. and I think the indicator of that was seemed like the medical team was cool with him going in the second half and and he almost put the brakes on and said I, I'm not ready yet I gotta get warm mm-hmm which means he was really, really battling through it. This wasn't one, one of those things where it was for show or anything like that. So battled through the injury and was able to not only do it, but he had, I believe it was five catches after halftime injured. And then the game winning touchdown, Uh, not one of those flashy games that we've seen from Mahomes and the crew in the past, but certainly a, a memorable one. I think Mahomes later on called it one of those legendary performances that, you, know, you see a player play through illness or, you know, you see them play through injury, really succeed and, and be one of the major reasons that you're able to come away with the victory. So that was my grand takeaway. Just Travis Kelsey continuing to be that that dog of a player at the age 34. Do you agree with his brother on this uh, audio from the New Heights podcast this week? Early on, you went down with a non-contact injury and a lot of, of fuss has been brought back up around turfs and stadiums. Did your ankle get caught in the turf? 
or did it roll? If you watch it in slow motion, my my ankle kind of slips for a couple of inches and then it finally grabs on the turf. And that's been the knock is that when you do slip, you don't just slip right through the grass. It like slipped and grabs. And when it grabs, you're not ready for it. Yeah, you're just not ready for it. The internet was quick to blame this whole thing on the slip film turf. Have you ever noticed the difference between a slip film turf, a monofilament turf, a combination turf? No. Because I can't. All of this attention is, in my opinion, is being applied to slip film turf. Just get rid of the turf. I don't care if it's slip film, monofilament, combo, because there's so many factors in this. Like you said, the thing that I notice the most is when there's a disproportionate amount of rubber pellets. When there's too many rubber pellets, it almost feels like you're in sand a little bit. Even if it's just the most minimal amount of strain, it, it's still putting more strain on the joints. And this is my problem with everybody just saying slip film, because now all these teams are going to do is going to go to a different type of turf. We need to get rid of turf altogether. And I don't want to hear it like it's an indoor stadium. They make UV lights. You can go grass inside. There's freaking pot barns right down the street that are going mountains of pot. We can grow grass indoors, all right? I don't want to hear this nonsense. I agree. I, uh, on everything. I, I think that the turf is an issue. It's, it's, do you blame Aaron Rodgers' injury on that? Travis Kelsey, it could have been the same. Like, imagine if Kelsey blows his Achilles. Like, what's that do well, to the, the season? Me- the Meadowlands is like a death trap. For the New York <laughs> yeah, teams. Dude. I'd almost not agree to play in New York, or I guess it's yeah, Jersey, just, right? Yeah. Uh, it, because the turf injures, has significant injuries every year there. Mm-hmm. The, the Jets and Giants have injuries, especially their ACL. It's like season-ending injuries all the time. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a problem. I don't know what the solution is. Uh, I don't know the science behind it. I, I think if I was an NFL player, I would be so weary of, of playing on turf. I, I don't know how you fix it. That's the thing. I mean, you have these dome stadiums. We've seen the problem with the dome stadiums. We've seen that swampy turf that is Arizona that, like, they're well aware that their turf has issues and, like, can just not figure it out because yeah. they're they're in Arizona and, oh, like, they try, they try to grow year. grass, bring it in. Yeah. So it's a disaster to even try to grow it within, like, a dome. I, I don't know. I also think what plays into it is there's, like, less – off-season programming and there's mm-hmm. less and less every CBA and I don't know how good of a, a thing that is to essentially have six months of the year where you're not playing football and then you go into the other extreme of right you know, 10 so I I don't think this is all the turf's fault right there's always been turf and it does seem like injuries are up now I don't so think it's pellets fault could be the new pellets I think it could be the, some of the lack of the off-season programming uh, I just don't know what the solution is, and so grass. That's uh, that's ab- as they say, Dusty. And you know, I, I know this probably is the case for you. That's above our pay grade. <laughs> Why don't we let them figure it out? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens, this is Arrowhead Pride Radio on six ten Sports Radio. Uh, Pete, I did a, a topic last night uh, about you know guys have had their chance to kind of show out, and maybe it's time to let other guys. Uh, step up and see what they can do. And this seems like a game this week. We'll talk more about it a little bit later on, but this seems like a game this week where you can kind of experiment a little bit more with, with Ross and, and Rasheed Rice because Rasheed Rice is 83.2 grade this season, minimum 100 snaps played, first among Chiefs rookies, fourth among all Chiefs players, and 11th among all wide receivers. Trending in the right direction is the rookie, Rasheed Rice. Yeah, I'm I'm very high on Rice. Uh, I was eager and hopeful for Sky Moore. During training camp, it really looked like he was going to take the next step. Mm-hmm. Hasn't done uh, nearly as much as I think we thought he might with the snaps. But you're seeing in more limited snaps, Rasheed Rice actually producing and actually 
seemingly gaining the trust of the quarterback and being put in a position to succeed. And yeah, he's had a couple drops here and there, but I, I thought last game was a nice step forward. Patrick Mahomes talked about on one given play, he ends up learning one thing where Patrick wanted to let him to leak a little further back into the end zone. And then a couple plays later learns from it and is able to score a touchdown. And I, I don't know. I, I just feel like early on here and it's only been five games of his NFL career. We're already seeing more from him than maybe we've seen from a rookie wide receiver, like in a, in a long time, especially this early. Like if you even go back to the Tyree kill year, mm-hmm. one of the best receivers in the NFL, not projecting that for Rishi Rice, but I'm bringing up his rookie year. He was kind of a specialist until the end of the year. Once he kind of got the playbook down and everything. So I don't know. I'm I'm happy to to see what Rice is doing. I I feel like in a sense of and in the the spectrum of a rookie year, he's ahead of his time. And I think eventually the Chiefs are going to give him more and more opportunities. And I think he's the guy. I think he's the guy everyone's been looking for. It's not Mike Evans on another team. It's not trading for Chase Claypool. I think by the end of the season, Rice is going to be the receiver people are looking for. It's a new week in the NFL, which means it's time to take a look at the new injury report for the Chiefs. You heard the liners, the injury report. Pete Sweeney, you're there every single day. You might as well have an, uh, like an air mattress at one arrowhead drive. I was drive even there somewhere. today. Yeah. My day, I was not supposed to be there. They, they made me come anyway. But hey, you get Friday off, right? Friday is off, but I will be in here with Alex Gold oh. at 11 a.m. Okay. For the full hour. And I'm at, then I'm leaving. Then you're out. Then that'll be, it'll be time for the full weekend. Right. There you go. Nice little, little fun there for you. So it looks like the... The injury report today, Travis Kelsey, Karloftis, Tommy Townsend. Not good. Are all questionable for tomorrow night's game. Um, Obviously, Kelsey, I don't don't necessarily think that you need Travis Kelsey in this Denver game, but Travis Kelsey is quoted as saying, I'll be out here until the wheels fall off, baby. Um, Karloftis, a little questionable there. I I didn't see that one coming today. Yeah, he's got a little hamstring. So let's just, you know, maybe let, you know, Felix and Duque Uzama. Hey, man. FAU. Yeah, just let it let it be against Denver. And then Tommy Townsend. Uh that one's a little bit a little bit strange as well. Um Chiefs Broncos worst defense in the league versus a top ten offense in the league. So what's uh what's Pete's mind thinking about this injury report that came out today, but the day before the Thursday night football game against Denver? Yeah, we get official designations because we're on the day before the game today. Usually this would be the first injury report, but we got the final one here. So mm-hmm. let's just go through the statuses. The big news, uh, positive news, is that Nick Bolton will play in this game. He is off the injury report entirely, which means he's good to go, good to return. Has a had a three-game absence. Then you go to Travis Kelsey. He's questionable. Reports are out there right now. National reports are that that he's okay to go. I think mm-hmm. this is still a we'll see thing. I think they're going to try to work, work him out and just see how he's doing. But all indications are that he will suit up uh, a couple days after hurting that ankle. George Karloftis. Uh, Popped up a little bit, I think, this week on the yeah. injury report with the hamstring. I don't think they forced him if that thing's tight. Karloftis has been too important. And the key here, Dusty, is if you hold him back, you get the 10 days off, right? Yeah. It's not like you're you're trying to see it about him playing seven days from now. And, and so presumably uh, he would be okay. But we'll see about that one. Uh, hamstring's always interesting because – you don't really know how severe you don't know what the tugging is and it's not something that you want to press. So that's a, we'll see for me. Um, I'm kind of 50, 50 on Carl Loftus going now. I, I just think that's yeah. a weird injury to pop up. Kelsey, I feel like will play Tommy Townsend is not good because 
if you see in the injury report, Dusty, here, he, he wasn't on it Monday or Tuesday. No. Which means he probably heard it uh, in what would have been the Tuesday practice. And uh, So do you know who goes if he doesn't? Like, if you don't have a punter? Like, you probably don't need one against Denver because their defense is so atrocious. But who? Justin Reed? I mean, I... <laughs> Seriously. I, I'd imagine they would sign somebody off the street. Uh, I'm sure that there's some calls now about someone going onto the practice squad, maybe being elevated for this ah, okay. game. Uh, that would be the direction the Chiefs were going. And if look, there's no one available, you just go for it on fourth down every time. Anybody on Denver that stuck out or that we know of? I mean, I don't... yeah, the the key one here, and, and it's a it's a big one, maybe in terms of Kansas City, not necessarily uh, for Denver. Really, is Frank Clark illness? Yeah. He's not going to play in this. He's always game. sick. They ruled him <laughs> out, and it's a it's kind of a shame because you know you're wondering out loud if this would have been a thing where. The Chiefs production team, they do like a minute montage or something. There's a mm-hmm. moment in the game where even Chiefs fans can appreciate this Bronco. And the fact that he's out with an illness kind of tells me he's probably not even going to make the trip. So maybe the Chiefs will see him in Denver a couple weeks from now. These two teams play 17 days apart. Very Love odd it. schedule quirk. But should the Chiefs kind of do what they're supposed to? It should be two quick wins for him, I would, I would guess here. Yeah. Uh, Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens, you're listening to Red Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. On the other side, lead film analyst Ron Cobb Jr. joins us as he does every single night around 615 on Wednesday night that we do this. You're listening to Red Pride on 610 Sports Radio. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This is the most fun Pete Sweeney has his entire week. I actually had a conversation with you the last time I was sitting on the patio having Merlot. Yeah. I said, how much fun do you have on Wednesday night? You're like, it's the best best night of the week on radio for me. When uh, when does that, when does your radio partner here for Wednesday night get the invite to the patio for You've Salmon? You've always been invited. Salmon and Merlot. When you and your girlfriend aren't having tacos. Mm. And you just said she makes great tacos. So future Mrs. Sweeney, you are good whoa, to go. Whoa, whoa, okay. 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 Now you can come over anytime you want, man. I have a nice patio setup. It's got Good these little know. lights. There's three chairs, you one rocks. It, it's it's a little phony for and well, Robert Mandavi. No, when when people say the thing of, yeah, you come over whenever you want. No Seriously. one is going to show up when like whenever any twenty four any hour during you know the twenty four hour day. You gotta you gotta say, hey Pete, maybe maybe making some burgers, maybe making a little brisket. Why don't you come over this this particular day and I'll be there. I'll be home at 7.30 tonight. Well, I mean, not tonight. Okay. 
Let's put Ron on. Get Ron on. Hey, Ron. Ron, you're also welcome anytime you want to come yeah, over anytime. and have Merlot on the patio. If you want to go over in an hour from now, you can. You should go. <laughs> yeah, Dusty, I'll be there. 7.30, you said? Yep. I'll, I'm there. For right? sure. We're good? Yep. All right, cool. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm not kidding. Oh, he's coming. He's, so. Okay. Take a picture of Ron when he gets there. I will. No, I'm, I, no Dusty, I'm in Olathe. You know how far of a driver probably is? I don't know where you're at. I actually uh, do know how far of a drive it is. Yeah. <laughs> no, I drive from Lee's Summit yeah. to, to Shawnee Mission every single day. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you, you do know. And, and you know how Olathe would be to Lee's Summit. So, yeah. uh, so I'm going to camp out here. But, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll, get you on the, I'll get you on the rain check just like Pete. I want to so cha- change good. my name to Patrick Merlot instead of Patrick Mahomes. That's dumb. Uh, Ron, last week, I'll I'll go ahead and I'll exit stage left. Last week against Minnesota, I thought the most impressive thing of the week was uh, Justin Jefferson had three catches for 28 yards, and that was before the hamstring injury. So what went right covering the best wide receiver in football? Yeah, it's the Chiefs continuing to trust, you know, their best cornerback right now, which, you know, I wouldn't have told you it was Legereus Sneed, you know, at the beginning of the season. I I would have been standing here telling you, look, you know, Legereus Sneed makes plays for a defender and, and, and obviously is a, is a better maybe overall football player than Trent McDuffie. But, you know, McDuffie's the better cornerback. Trent Legereus Need is playing to, to a point where you just have to give him the role because he is shutting down cornerbacks, not just by sticking – or receivers, not just by sticking to them in coverage down the field, which he is doing, but by, by, by really getting in their heads, really, really messing with them at the line of scrimmage by just getting physical. I mean, we've seen it, obviously. He's gotten the penalty for it. Uh, you know, Spags you know, Spag has talked about how, you know, hey – you know, he would tell you he got a little overzealous on that, but we don't mind it. He said that today. He said it might help us down the road. And, I, and, and what he's saying is, is in a game like that, you know, Justin Jefferson's going to get frustrated coming off the line every time and just getting beat up. And you actually saw it at one point later in the game uh, on, a, on a play over the middle. He gets free from Snead. Cousins hits him in the hands and, and he drops it. And, and that can kind of maybe be a, an indication of some frustration from, you know, from just trying to get away from Snead who's just beating him up all game. Obviously, he gets hurt, which, you know, doesn't have to do with Snead. That's, that's uh, you know, a whole other story, which, you know, and, and that's not, you know, the point of that. But it is just a, a, a true indication that Ligeria Snead is playing confidently, is playing with the physicality that he has. And the reason he's able to get away with it, guys, is because is he's so athletic, too. Like, a lot, of the, a lot of the times, the guys that can beat you up at the line, well, shoot, they're not athletic enough to recover if you get past them. Snead has that 4.39 speed, 4.38 speed. And, and, and he uses it. So that's kind of why you can get away with it a little more than maybe other corners. Yeah, Thursday night football coming up. Talking to our lead analyst, Ron Kopp of ArrowheadPride.com. I, I want to ask you one more question about this Vikings game, and then we'll take the quick turn over to Denver. I had you take a look at this. Patrick Mahomes was talking about how Rasheed Rice is finding ways now to learn and, and adjust in the moment. And you took a deeper look, did an article for us at AP. What did you learn uh, as you did your research on Rice and what he was able to do and the touchdown in this game? Yeah, you mentioned the touchdown play. It was significant because it looked like a simpler play than Mahomes maybe, uh, you know, revealed it to be. Um, he mentioned that kind of the Vikings came out in a different coverage, he mentioned, that, that then maybe they thought they'd get in that situation in the red zone in that play. And, and Rice adjusted. And, and basically what, what it came out to be was just straight-up man coverage uh, in the red zone, and, and Rice just basically ended up running the slant. But I think, I think the point was that they really haven't been giving Rice those opportunities to just beat a guy one-on-one in man. They've really been trying to set him up to be a zone beater, to be a guy that gets in between zone defenders, gets upfield quickly. That's where he's been winning. But, but I think what Mahomes was trying to say is that 
when they adjusted demand coverage, he still trusted him to win on that route. And Rice did. He did win inside, made himself available. And, you know, the point I wanted to make, I, I you know, I hate to turn it into kind of a, a negative, but, you know, those are plays that Sky Moore should, should be making. And, and if Rasheed Rice can be not only beating zone coverage, but also man coverage, if he can kind of do it all, you know, he's going to start eating more and more into the snaps and opportunities that, that the second-year wideout is going to get. And because he's earning it and not because of necessarily anything Sky's doing, but, you know, I don't think they necessarily expected Rasheed to be able to, to do that kind of thing. And, and, and I also mentioned the other play he, he, he called out was, was another cool example of him trusting Rasheed. You know, it was in the red zone. It was actually the play right before Pete. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a post route into the back of the end zone. Rasheed kind of hesitates when he gets to the defender who's guarding him because, you know, he, he is cutting off his route. He doesn't want to just run in and, and kind of just be, oh, I'm running into no man's land. He, he kind of wanted to adjust on the fly. But if you watch the play, Mahomes still throws it like he should be should have kept running. And the thing is, is Mahomes, what Mahomes mentioned was, I didn't expect Rice to really do that. We didn't teach it like that. But it's a veteran move if he would have done that. And, and that's what I think was cool is Mahomes trusted him to kind of do that. I don't know how many other receivers on the team he, was tr- he would be trusting in that moment to kind of make that second move that, again, he didn't make it. The pass went incomplete, but, you know, Mahomes still tested it out. And now the next time that maybe happens in that situation, Rasheed saw it. And now he kind of saw it in live action, and he might be ready for it. So really was a cool kind of moment in that red zone for, for those two. And Rasheed's just going to continue to get snaps, man. It's not because of anyone else. It's because he himself is earning it. Ron, last one. It's kind of a loaded question. This is the worst defense in the league for the Denver Broncos, like the NFL, the entire NFL, like every team, they're last. Kansas City is a top 10 offense, and they have a top five defense, at least when points allowed. I think they're giving up 16 points per game, and nine of that doesn't count. So really, we'll call it 14. Is this what it's advertised? Like, is this a game where it's just, I mean, they're 10 and a half favorites. Is this exactly what this game should be? It's 31 to 10 final score, move on, take the 10 days and get ready for the chargers. Or is this going to be like last year where every game they played against Denver was close division game. Like, where do you lean on that on the, on the fence of this, this matchup Thursday night? You know, what's funny is a lot of the pieces in Denver's back end, their back seven that give the chiefs pass offense you know, frustra- frustrating moments over the years. And, and they, re- they really have, you know, they've been the ones to really shut down Travis at times, really make it hard for Mahomes. Some of Mahomes' uh, worst efficiency games in his career have come against Denver over, you know, these last two, three seasons. And they still have the same linebackers, Alex Singleton, Josie Jewell. They, say, they still have Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons as their safeties. They still have their, uh, you know, Patrick Sertan there, uh, the second. So, it, you know, it, it's really just the, the coaching that has changed over from last year to this year. Vance Joseph is their defensive coordinator now. And if, if everyone remembers, Vance Joseph was the coordinator in Arizona mm-hmm. last year when the Chiefs kind of, you know, went crazy uh, in week one to start the season there. He obviously has uh, been the coach in Denver before. But all that to say is, you know, there's, there's obviously some success the Chiefs have had against Vance Joseph. And at the same time, this Denver personnel has had success against them. It is interesting. You know, I, I think if, if maybe they draw on some of the stuff they've done in the past instead of maybe what Vance Joseph has done, there's a chance they can muck it up and make it an interesting game. I think that point spread's a little a, li- a little shaky being at 10 and a half. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be a little wary taking the, the 10 and a half there. Ron, do what you do every week and tell the people what they can look forward to with your work on Arrowhead Pride. Mm. Yes, sir. Short week. Definitely a quick turnaround. Uh, so we'll have five things to watch out uh, first thing in the morning, I imagine. And uh, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be ready to roll. We'll, we'll be covering it for you postgame. Uh, you know, a bunch of stuff coming for you on the site. Check it out. All right. Well, anytime you're ready to get down with the Merlot or the Pinot Noir, you just let me know, Daddy. 
Yeah, I think I'm more of a, a white wine guy. I'm gonna be honest, okay. but uh, sure, uh, it still lush. sounds good. It's not, I'm I'm with you, Dusty. I'm I'm there for the boys. Let's so go, let's, man. Let's do it. All right, man. Take care, Ron. We'll talk to you next week. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys. You bet. White wine. The only white wine I like is called A to Z, and it's a Chardonnay. It's non-oaky, non-buttery, and it's from Willamette Valley, which is in Oregon, which is the Pinot Noir capital of the world. How you doing? You are. That's the right, baby. Definition of culture. <laughs> yeah, dude. It turns out. You have no idea what I am. Man, pinky up. You ever met anybody like me? No. I don't think so. Uh, we've never met anybody like Sean Payton either. He is, uh, well, he sucks, and I'll tell you why, because I got some audio I want okay. you to listen to on the other side. Listen to Arrow Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Like. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Back here on 610 Sports Radio, this is Arrowhead Pride Radio. Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens. It's weird saying radio twice to describe a show. What 610 Sports Radio listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio. Which radio am I listening Sports to? Radio is Arrowhead Pride Radio. Yep. Double radio. It is what it is. Um, Denver this week. Chiefs are hanging 10 and a half. Uh, mm. They are favored by 10 and a half points. I know a lot of people that are jumping on that. Uh, a lot of people think this is a blowout. I like to tell people last year there were two close games that they played with Denver. One, they got up to like a really big lead. I think it was like a 28 nothing lead, and then Denver just kept like inching back, and it was one of the most frustrating games to watch. Yeah. And it's a division game, I first one, I short what, week. I know what Ron was saying, but I, I just feel like this is a different version of the Broncos. Uh, and I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I just think, say this was the Raiders coming in on a yeah. short week division game. At least they're showing you something. The Broncos, to me, right now, are just an absolute train wreck. Mm-hmm. And granted, right, that kind of gives you house money in a sense. I just think the Chiefs and the Broncos are an opposite end of the spectrum. It, any game can become a game if you have self-inflicted wounds, if you take penalties. And so, of course, there's a script, as they say, mm-hmm. uh, a way where this could be a game. But should the Chiefs take care of the football and not take silly penalties? Hard to believe the Broncos would be able to, like, be in this one in particular. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I want to play this audio clip from Dan Levitard's show as they were talking about. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> I just want to play this clip. What are they going to do about their situation? Because it would seem that they are proper bleeped there. It's not like that's going any of that's going to get Man. fixed. They're talking about Denver's going to trade everyone. Sertan's going to be worth something to somebody. Somebody's going to give up a first-round pick for Sertan because of the corner that, yeah. that he is. How do you fix what's happening in Denver? I don't know how you fix it. And I think this is like this is this is the thing that puts franchises in turmoil. Because honestly, Russell Wilson isn't playing that bad. I want I want to put that on record, right? There are plays, there are moments. Obviously, you don't it's you don't want to fumble late in the game for it to turn into a W for the other team. He's on pace for like forty touchdowns and eight interceptions. He's not playing bad. <laughs> yeah, Sean right? Payton is to a degree doing what he was brought there to do, which was Fix rescue Russell. Russell to it. He's not Russell's not helping them win, but he's not the reason that they're losing quite like last year. I agree, and and I and I think it is a cop out to start to point. Oh, we got to trade everyone. You start those murmurs. They're being out coached. 
And that should be the conversation. Anytime somebody puts 70 points against you, it does not matter who you have out there as a player. This is the NFL. I've played for some very bad teams. We know that. We've addressed that. We've talked about that times. at length. We address it too many times. And every time I'm on here, it's the first thing that comes up. Sorry. And even still, nowhere near close to losing by 50 points and having 70 points put up against us because there is parity. We're all on scholarship in the NFL. There is a level of just ability that even the worst teams have. So when you lose by that many and you get 70 put on you in this day and age, that is 100% coaching. So, yes, go look at the film and go say all those things. But the number one place you need to be looking is in the mirror and at your coaching staff and say, how do we allow ourselves to get that embarrassed because we got outcoached in every phase of the game? And so how do you fix it? You either get your coaching staff right, you get yourself back on the same page, and you prove that the NFL football game has not passed you by because it looks like it is moving a lot faster and at a pace that Sean Payton can't keep up with. Now, right after that, this was our guy, James Palmer. Mm-hmm. Um, this was his reaction Monday after the Broncos lost Sunday. Guys, I was at that Nathaniel Hackett Bowl. It's a credential I'll save. I'll probably put it on the wall and think about it often moving forward. And it's true. You look at the Denver Broncos and being there yesterday, the sense that I get from players in that locker room is a potential teardown is coming. That's just the way some of these players feel. Ian, you had a report yesterday about Frank Clark that I've heard similar things. There are thoughts in that locker room to where changes could start happening in terms of this roster before the trade deadline. Now they sit at one and four. Randy Gregory, guys, that move, that release, and then ended up being a trade, being in that locker room last week, that's what really shook up this group. If you ask my opinion, talking to players, it was, okay, now Sean Payton's going to come in and start doing things his way in a sense. What happened in this game on the field was once again a tale of two halves. They haven't been able to put a full game together. Sean Payton upset about not running the football in the second half. They come out of halftime, guys, five straight possessions, negative 18 yards total. That doesn't that happen very often in the <laughs> NFL, and that's, uh, that's not going to get you a lot of happy guys in your locker room. It was just an ineffective offense and a defense that has had an inability to stop the run at a historic level uh, so far this season. Sounds like a lot of people that know things about football or follow football very closely think that the game has passed Sean Payton by. Well, it'd be good for Denver to realize that before they get into the Bill Belichick area where it's almost like too late to have realized that. I don't necessarily believe that, but I know a lot of people are saying that this week. I don't know. I I talked to someone in Denver today, and they, you. they were essentially saying the same thing, just the idea that Peyton was brought in to fix the offensive side, and the belief was that the – defensive side would be a repeat of what it's been in recent years where, I mean, how often were we like this Denver defense is pretty good. If they could just figure it out on the offensive side, maybe they would be back in the mix in the AFC West. We literally said that a year ago. And here you have the offense. And I don't want to say it looks dazzling by any means, but it's all right. It's better than it was last year, much better because last year was a disaster except now the wheels have completely fallen off of the defense and mm-hmm. so where does that leave you i mean it, it kind of leaves you in, in no man's land i just feel like because russell wilson hasn't been that terrible this year now a lot of those numbers i think have came in in garbage time one was a hail mary at the end of a game and they're one and four and it is what it is but the other thing that's interesting is that this is really outside of miami and i'm not saying the chiefs are going to hang 70 on them that's just not who they are or what they would ever do 
But Verderam tweets over the last 21 primetime games, the Chiefs are 18 and three, and Mahomes is 6,026 yards passing, 47 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. And this includes eight 300 yard games, three 400 yard games. Denver comes to town Thursday night in primetime. Patrick Mahomes is now your leading favorite as an MVP candidate at plus 400 to a plus 470. Is this the first game of the year where we maybe see uh, Showtime Mahomes where it's like, okay, yeah, it's because I've, I've said all along there's in-house competition with the offense versus right. the defense. Like the defense wants to outshine the offense and eventually the offense will want to sh- outshine the defense. Is this one of those games where Mahomes like, you know what? Muck it. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to sling it and I'm going to do it. Or do we just see, you know, Isaiah Pacheco for 25 carries and 120 yards and two touchdowns. And it's one of those games. Well, it could be both. I don't don't know if Pacheco gets to the century mark again, but I I think they've established that if they can get the run game going early, I think it opens things up for Patrick Mahomes. And I think Patrick Mahomes is starting to get uh, targets that he's regularly comfortable with. And when you lose someone with the experience of, a Juju Smith-Schuster, and you have to start to turn to guys that maybe haven't been in that big-time role before, like a Justin Watson, digging deeper, like a Rasheed Rice and his emergence over the past couple of weeks. I think it gets to be a little bit until you get into a certain groove. And so should Travis Kelsey be close to 100%? I, mean, I tend to think he'll be in that like 85 to 95 range. And should you start to feel comfortable with your receivers around him, like I think Patrick Mahomes is, and mm-hmm. you're playing a bad defense? I mean, I that, that could – You've been at Arrowhead during yep. these games, Dusty. That could be one of those things where you snap your fingers and it's, you know, 28 nothing. And it's a lot easier said than done, but I, I think it could be one of those quicksand type of games for Denver, yeah. Would you rather take 10.5 or no. an appearance of Blaine Gabbert? No, I I feel the other way in this game. I think the Chiefs cover the cover. I, it, it's tough to pick the Chiefs to cover because they always <laughs> seemingly – uh, end up playing close to the team. But they were able to do it last week. and, and They should have done it the last three weeks. Mahomes slid, otherwise the cover hits. Sure. Taylor right. Swift's first game at Arrowhead, they mm-hmm. cover. Right. And then they covered last week against Minnesota, and this week it's 10 and a half. Yeah. Well, you know, Taylor has never not seen the Chiefs cover, and, and I, she'll be there tomorrow. So that's all. Oh, you're, you're think, he, you think she's going to be there tomorrow? That's more than I think. Okay. <laughs> Look at you with the scoop. Uh, you kill me, man. All right. Yeah. Uh, 913-586-7610. That is the Jay Southland Toast Service text line. If you have a question for Pete Sweeney, or maybe me, I doubt you have a question for me. It's not my show. It's his. 913-586-7610. 913-586-7610. That's right. I was trying to send a troll text into Bink. Mm-hmm. You guys say it too fast, so that I wanted to repeat it slower. I was trying. I could. I, it took Carrington saying it four times yesterday before I found. I was like, okay, I got it. Nine one three. Nine one three. Five eight six. Five eight six. Seven six ten. Seven six ten. Get your questions in now. It's time to ask Pete Sweeney on Arrowhead Pride Radio and six ten Sports Radio. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May fifth. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
Back in on Air and Pride Radio. Somebody must have been listening last night. We were talking about how much Will Smith sucks last night. What? Yeah, and somebody wanted us to bump back with Miami. Nathan was here uh, with Chris, and I think that's why we're here in Miami right now. Yeah. <clears throat> I have a question for you before we get going on the mailbag. Sure. Do you think that both divisions, AFC and um, NFC, are both a two-team race? Because the NFC is clearly Philadelphia and San Francisco and nobody else matters. Is it just Buffalo and no. Kansas City? No. You're putting Miami there? You're putting Baltimore there? I'm not necessarily putting any of the other teams in that mix, right? Like, I'm not saying, mm-hmm. to answer your question, is it Thank you. a... I still think it's a two-team race, but it's like the Chiefs and mystery partner. Mm-hmm. So I just don't know who the mystery partner is going to be. Okay. I, but it, it is it does seem to be shaping up for an arrowhead invitational situation again, especially now that uh, the Dolphins lost that incredible running back, HN, mm-hmm. for the Germany game. Guess who has Raheem Mostert on their fantasy team? Hmm. Um, speaking of shaping up, how do you like that? Every week, send us your questions on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride and at 610 Sports KC. Right. Now it's time for the mail. I was going to say Merlot and Mostert. Yeah. Or Mostert and Merlot, probably. Better. That's right. Uh, it is mailbag time, 913-586-7610. There you go. That's the Jay Southland Stow Service text line if you want to ask Pete a question about this game or apparently everybody's asking random questions. Uh, This first one comes from uh, J.C. Proctor on Twitter. Mm. Hey, Pete, has Mike Edwards taken Brian Cook's spot, or was that more game plan versus Minnesota? Thanks, fellas. Hashtag Chiefs Kingdom. More game planning versus Minnesota, and probably more game planning in general. I I think they really like Edwards and and his ability to to ball hawk. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I just think some guys can do it, and, and hopefully that starts to rub off on Brian Cook a little bit. But I would like to see more defensive snaps for Edwards, some guys, and and you cover them here and there. They just have a, a nose for the football. Uh, I remember early in his career, Marcus Peters was another one of those guys, just mm-hmm. found his way around the ball. And Edwards has that trait, and good to have it in a game because you give Patrick Mahomes the ball back with a short field, you know what can happen. Question for Pete from Nick or the 816. Not sure if you've talked about this yet. When do you figure we see some more snaps for guys on the outside, namely Rice slash Ross? Feels like this would be a good week for it. Yeah, I I think it could be this week. I would be more apt in my experience covering Andy and his staff to be after what what is a break because they they have time to reset and have some meetings and kind of look at the film. Uh, mm-hmm. Usually the self-scouting comes in the bye week. But this weekend kind of offers you a a mini-bye of sorts where you can kind of look inside and, and maybe move some rolls around. So it could be after this game. Um, but I feel like the writing on the wall has been there a, a little bit. So uh, either this is one last opportunity or, or it does indeed happen tomorrow. Uh, Dusty, what's up, bro, bro? This is G-Baby. Ask Pete if we see more Ross tomorrow. <laughs> Big Ross daddy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it'll be more than six snaps. Right? We got six snaps last game. Yeah. So. And he had a hell of a catch, too. Yeah, two drops, two catches. Yeah. So you, got, you got the even split there. But uh, I, I find it hard to blame a guy for the drops a little bit more when he has very limited snaps like that. Tough to get into a rhythm. A lot of these guys will say, you know, we need to, to get in a rhythm here. So. 
Somebody says, what happened to A-Chain? A knee injury put on IR. He'll miss four games, including the Kansas City Chiefs game in Germany. Um, Pete Hmm. from the 816. What do you think of the chances Chris Jones returns next season after we've seen a few games that he's played? And what is his potential is up to this point? Do you think based off what we are currently seeing, he is worth or he is with the team next year as a gotta have them player? Or do you think they move on because his salary will be too big? Well, I think they made sure that the ability to franchise tag him was in the contract. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you'll see these situations and, and new, whatever the new deal is, that isn't included. And so I think they'll at least maintain the rights to him. Now the question is going to be, can they actually come to an agreement next year? Sometimes that can happen. You're going to do it all over again? If they can't, <laughs> you tag him, you have the rights, yeah. and at that point you could move him for some compensation. You know, I, I think years ago, if we had the same conversation about Tyreek Hill, I think a lot of people would have told you, well, there's no compensation that would be worth it for Tyreek Hill. And, you know, there was. Um, mm-hmm. You know, at least the Chiefs found something that they were okay with. And so we'll see. I I feel like once a contract is up, now the pressure is actually on. So yeah, can maintain some optimism. Um, I think at the very least the Chiefs will get something back. I don't, I don't know if they'll come to a deal with them. From the A16, hey, Big Pete. Is there a chance the Chiefs can trade for Frank Clark in a pick swap if the Broncos kick in cash to cover the salary? What do you think, Big Pete? Twice he called you Big Pete. Yeah, I don't think the Broncos would trade Frank Clark in division. Uh, really rare. Like that trade that the Chiefs were able to acquire Neil Farrell from the mm-hmm. Raiders. That's a rare thing to see the AFC West deal. Uh, I don't I don't think the Broncos would do that. Uh, you know, bail the Chiefs out to give a division opponent, you know, a little bit of a break there trade would happen with somebody else. I don't think a trade is happening, period. Uh, I think the Chiefs could maybe get maybe get reinterested if he just was available. But, uh-huh. I mean, the Chiefs had an opportunity to make him any kind of offer, right? Any kind of talks. and you know, Didn't even least, text him. At least from the Frank side, it didn't seem like there was any interest there. So I have my, my doubts. What you're saying, uh, once the door closes on Kansas City, it never reopens. Do you, put spoiled, do you put spoiled milk back in the fridge, Dusty? Sometimes. No, you don't. You throw that out. I love cottage cheese, though. Uh, from the 913, yo, Pete. You read cottage cheese and cantaloupe? Yes. Okay. Peaches, pineapple, tomatoes, mm. a lot of stuff. Uh, yo, Pete, Dusty's biggest fan here. How is Mahomes an MVP favorite when he hasn't completely put his typical high numbers, i.e. eighteen twenty two? Right. And, like, why are the Chiefs still f- top of the AFC? Like, I'm sure there's other fan bases thinking that. It's because the Vegas knows mm-hmm. that development happens and Vegas knows who wins in the playoffs and Vegas has watched the last five years of football. That's why I've been upset with all the panicking while winning this week. And I've made a point of it, of it to say it on the 610 airwaves. I mean, you're 4-1. and one. I understand the receivers could have looked a little bit better, but we're in week six. Yeah. Even, with the, even on the other side of this, like, we think the 49ers and Eagles look great. And I would put them in a class alone. I think they're ahead of the Chiefs right now in another tier. I know that Bink has kind of put the Chiefs there, too. That might not look the same right. once we get to January. So just enjoy the ride, right? Yeah. Enjoy the ride. Forget about the destination for a while. That's my, uh, that's like in my Twitter bio. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Right. Anthony Bourdain, RIP, praise God. Uh, Pete, what's your favorite breakfast spot in local KC? I, uh, you'll sometimes find me. Bob Evans? You sometimes (laughs) find me brunching at, at Rye on the the plaza. Yeah. Me, if you're ever looking for me at brunch in KC and you're like, oh shoot, is that Pete? Mm -hmm. I've got the glasses on, the hair, the hair that I've got on now. 
we like to sit at the bar. So we're all, we'll always be at corner, the, middle. Does it matter? Not really matter, but we're always, we don't, I don't, we don't, me and my girlfriend don't like to necessarily like sit mm-hmm. um, low. So we, we always go to the, the bar at Rye. Alex Gold says Pete's fancy ass at Rye. Great spot. I think I'm going to go to enjoy. Good little spot over here tomorrow and get a little smoothie in the morning. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. Good spot. Think you'll enjoy it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will. I know it for a fact. I've been there many times. Get a little, get a little smoothie, maybe a little kombucha. You're a man of class. Uh, you got Merlot going. You got, kombucha, you got kombucha going. I know off air you've said it. You know, every night you hard boil an egg for the morning. <laughs> good for you. I don't do that. <laughs> it's good for you. Does Pete play golf? If so, what's his handicap Thir- on the 816? It's a 13. No, it's not. You are not a 13 handicap. 13 balls lost every, oh, okay. every round. Fair enough. I okay. didn't know you were going to do that. All right. All right. See you later. All right. That's Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. He's the chief editor of that website. Go there. Look it up. He's got all the information you need. He's got a bunch of crew. Got a bunch of good guys that do a lot of stuff that do very well at what they do. Ron Cobb Jr., good lead analyst there. Um, Good film lead analyst. He was on the show tonight. He'll be on the show next Wednesday. Nathan, thanks for all your help. Thanks Thanks for all the questions. Um, Thanks for everybody out there. Good luck tomorrow with covering the game. Yep. Have fun on Friday with See Alex Gold. I'll be in with Alex Gold tomorrow from 10 to 2. Also, Alex Gold comes up next. He's live at Hollywood Casino. That betting show's next. Listen to Goldie's locks so you can make some money. Have a good night. Go do nice things. It's cool to care. Take care, Kansas City. Good night. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.